Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Dr. Script, featuring your truly Taylor Ford as your script doctor, and my co-host today, Sam Penelis. Hello, how's it going, folks? And today we'll be dissecting the 2013, 14 movie? 2013, I think, yeah. Uh, Frozen. Woo! The Disney animated classic. Definitely so. not something I was expecting us to uh, to tackle on this yeah. show, but I'm, I'm glad you brought it in. Yeah, there's uh, a... More to talk about than I thought we would. It's definitely something that we should chat about. Taylor, uh, just in case anybody at home hasn't ever seen Frozen before, (laughs) what's it about? It tells the story of a fearless fearless princess who sets off on a journey alongside a rugged ice man and his loyal reindeer and a native snowman try and get their sister Elsa back to help defrost the whole kingdom. Yeah, I mean, there's a few... uh... Other things. It's El- it's Elsa's fault that the win- that the kingdom's in eternal winter, and there's other princes and royalty trying to conspire against them. It's a lot more than you would think. Mm-hmm. Initial thoughts, like when you first watched the movie, or when it came out in 2013, what did you think? Yeah, uh, I remember seeing the movie. I think we actually saw it together yep. back when it first came out, like opening weekend. And the first time I saw it, I was a big fan. I really liked it a lot. And it's one of those things where like. When you see the let it let it go sequence, like it's you're like, well, this this is gonna be one of those things that everyone's gonna overdo, but it's like a you know you're watching film history like as it's happening. I didn't even think Let It Go was the best song at Frozen when I first watched it. Ooh, I hot re- takes. I really liked the Love Is an Open Door song. <laughs> I thought that one was my favorite, and the Do You Want to Build a Snowman? Like I, I didn't have anything against Let It Go, but I just enjoyed the other ones a bit more. Interesting. Uh, I, I did remember something you saying when we first went to go see it. Yes, or I'll give the backstory of the story. <laughs> so back in 2013, when I saw the trailer to Frozen, I saw the trailer that had Olaf and Sven, the reindeer, together. And it was just them two putzing around ice skating. So when it first released, I thought the movie was about Olaf and Sven. I had no idea about this other princess and the frozen queen and all that. And so it was a Friday night and nothing was happening at our college. And people were like, what do you want to do? And I was like, guys, let's go see Frozen. Like, that looks so dank. It looks the best thing ever. And people were like, okay, Taylor, like, you want to see this Disney princess movie? That's all right. Mm -hmm. Granted, this is our freshman year in college, so... Most people have opinions of me, but they don't have the deep dives yet. So they're like, oh, Taylor's into the princess stuff. Okay. And no one told me it was a princess movie until we were in the theater sitting down. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't – I was waiting for Olaf and Sven to go off the whole time. I was like, oh, all right, opening scene. We have these two sisters. And, oh, the one's got a nice power. All right. And then they fix the, da- or the daughter up. And I'm like, okay, parents died. Where- where's the snowman? I saw he was built. Where's the reindeer? And then – I kept going, and then I was like, all right, now Elsa's running away. This isn't about the snowman and the reindeer, is it? <laughs> that was my favorite thing when we stepped out of the theater, because it was like five of us, and we're all like saying what we thought of it. And Taylor walks out, and he's like, guys, I really liked it, but I thought it was going to be about the snowman and the reindeer. <laughs> and we just take a second, and we're laughing. We're like, what do you mean? He's like, well, the trailer was was just the was just Olaf and Sven and we're like Taylor that was like the first trailer like a year ago 
Also, you love Disney. How did you not see another trailer for Frozen? I have no idea. I, I still haven't even seen those trailers today. Oh but my God. I, I do have to say, on the Watch Mojo Top 10 mis- Misunderstood Trailers, this was like number two or three. Because the majority or other people of the population thought this was about... Olaf and uh, Sven. Yeah, so I'm not I, I'm not a total dumbass. No, you're you're not wrong because that is that is kind of like a classic Disney thing that I don't actually know that they've done in a while. That they will like the first trailer is like two or three minutes long and it's just like this random adventure that the side characters are on, and then they do like a single clip from the real movie to be like, oh, this is what it's really about because they want to like sell you the merchandise they're going to try and give you. Oh my god, yeah, and I I fell for it. I fell for it. I wonder what an Olaf movie would look like. I could, probably will be like Jar Jar Binks getting his own movie. Yep. But it's well, not that annoying in this, actually. I think it's all yeah. the other stuff, like other merchandising, and I think the short that came out features a lot of Olaf. Oh, yeah. that's that. The short that came out in front of Coco is the thing that probably ruined Frozen the most. Oof. Really? Yeah. Yep. But anyways, we're sorry. We're not here to, <laughs> to rag on Disney because we love our corporate overlords. Yes. So getting back to the film... I did enjoy this a lot. Uh, There's definitely problems throughout that we can touch on that I think we can fix. Just starting throughout the beginning of the stories. I think the first 15 minutes are actually where the story struggles the most because of just the setup that they have Mm -hmm. of Elsa and Anna playing. And Elsa accidentally hurts Anna and they have to go to the trolls, heal Anna, and then have Elsa be told that she can't tell Anna about her powers yeah, like for the, reasons. Like the trolls, like they they like very quickly explain. Ah, yes, you have great beauty with your powers, but then there's also great fear. What you should do is we're gonna take away the girl. We're gonna take away Anna's memories, but we're gonna leave the fun, which is problem. Not actually problem number one. They've got a few problems to start off with, but yeah, they basically tell the parents, the king and queen of the kingdom, to lock up one of the princesses and to make sure that they never open up the gates so that people don't interact with Elsa ever. Which is, like, the wrong thing to do. Yes. The main problem that we have throughout this setup is that Elsa can't tell Anna about her powers, and we aren't giving any reason on why not. Yeah, there's, like, no reason to. Like, just because Anna got hurt the one time doesn't mean that she shouldn't know about the powers and then like be like oh maybe i can help you like especially having more hands to help you learn how to work with your powers and someone you love and care about should be a good thing yeah it's not like that her knowing about these powers like triggers her back to being a frozen like having a frozen brain or heart well yeah they went like halfway in the middle like if they had either taken away all of her memories and like said that she and elsa never had a good time that could be interesting or if they leave the memories and have her try and help her get better that could also work yeah and then we also don't just like we understand that the parents know about this superpower but we don't really understand who else knows Mm -hmm. and especially once the parents die like is she just coping with this by herself or are there other people to help because when she's getting coordinated the priest or whoever was that was giving the whole dress makes her take off her gloves which like if he knows Man, you're just being a dick. Yeah, and if you don't, like, that's a big thing that he doesn't know about. Because it is a good amount of time, because the time card underneath after the parents die says three years later. So three years have passed since the parents have died, and that basically nobody's been running the kingdom. 
Yeah. So somebody had to have known Elsa and like been working with her and being like, hey, I'm, I know you got powers, but we gotta we gotta make this work. We gotta run this kingdom. And that would have been something fun to like use because that person basically becomes the mentor, parent, and queen for a bit or king. Mm-hmm. That a little missed opportunity there. Well, that could almost even be better than having uh, spoilers for Frozen. <laughs> five years later, having Hans show up and be the secret villain, trying to like gain control of the kingdom, because maybe that could be the person ran the kingdom for three years and doesn't want Elsa to run it anymore, or I, have like a Hans-like character. I actually think things. this movie should take place right after the parents die. Because then it's more chaotic, and yes, if there is someone that is the right-hand man that has to help Elsa out now, him or her could set up this whole thing, like, all right, no, we're going to really show you what you have, and then that's them being the puppet master, trying to show everyone that Elsa is a scary, godlike person, mm-hmm. that we shouldn't deal with them, and then set it up that she accidentally kills Anna, and like, we can't deal with this we watch purge like kill the queen and then like she takes over true that actually is a pretty good idea too i think yeah that that would have been fun and then you don't really have to well the thing that's fun about this movie is that it does non-traditional stuff in disney movies so if we did do that we would take out the hans love romance which is fun because they do talk about like yeah you just met this guy an hour ago now you're <laughs> married and you're in love, and true love's kiss. See, I feel like that was almost like an excuse just so they could pull that joke out there. Like, it's, so much of the movie was them talking about, like, making fun of the Disney stereotypes or whatever, but then immediately doing them in, in other ways. Way. Yeah, in like, different ways. Like, it's not that, like, Kristoff was the true love's kiss, because yeah. that would have been a cop-out. It is interesting that it's Elsa being the one that saves her. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a good interpretation of it all. I think they knew what they were doing, and I think Disney was just like, yeah, they won't be expecting it. It's like subverting our expectations. And that's the strongest, besides the songs, that's the strongest thing this movie does. Mm-hmm. And that's what they got most acclaim for. But do we want to keep talking about the plot? Uh, I don't know. It depends on how much of the plot itself you want to go over, or if you want to do maybe just fixing the beginning. Because it seems like most of the problems just come from the fact that things just aren't set up very well. Yeah, we don't really get a good understanding of this world and that's the main problem too because we don't understand why elsa is isolated all the time we we don't understand like okay that's like she has powers that's different but why is this such a big deal where she needs to be isolated all the time if i'm the king and queen i see this as a bargaining chip because if the main one of the main villains here weaselton or uh duke weaselton is trying to trade with them he's like oh this is my best export and i need to get all the exports and if you're the king and queen you're like yo you gotta like cut down our costs or we'll freeze over your oceans where you can't you know sell anymore i mean i mean i'm personally against it as a as a political option (laughs) however i do see the value in in having someone with magical powers in that way yeah i think there's a plus there yeah I, I know kids really want to know the like trade routes in every like trade economy in their if, Disney mil- films. I mean, if the Phantom Menace taught me anything, <laughs> family films need more trade negotiations. This is true, but again, yeah, that's why we don't understand why it's such a big deal. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I think we could do to fix that is give more of a backstory of what ice powers really are. Like, if there was another 
Snow Queen out there like that before, that wrecked Arendelle, and left an eternal winter going on, and someone's act of true kindness or no, actually scratch that. Someone ends up killing the Ice Queen or the Snow Queen, and that ends the winter. Everything's back to normal, but the lasting curse is that the Snow Queen still lives in someone, and then we find out it's the King and Queens, and it's like, oh, this is a nightmare. We all know what she did before. It's going to be like, we need to just suppress you, and we're going to learn how to control it yourself. And so now we understand, okay, it's, a bad, it's bad that she has ice powers because people have seen this before. The only way to stop the ice powers is to kill their daughter, which they're not going to do. Mm-hmm. And then throughout, like, we could still have Hans and Duke Weaselton be, this makes them a little more sympathetic, in my view, where they're like, hey, this area is getting much more worse. We need to kill her to save everyone because every, all the supplies are going down. People are dying. We need to deal with this now. Yeah. And then Anna's like, no, no, I can talk to her. Elsa doesn't know what to do. And it's like, oh, I, maybe the only reason why we can't save the place is killing you. Yeah. And then we find out it's true love. But it's that true love. It's something, that's your backstory. There's yeah. another way we can get out of it with love. I, th- I think there's definitely plenty of ways that we could have done this that weren't the way that was done. Like the very vague backstory with just trying to say things pretty quickly and then get it over with. Because I felt like they were just trying to move on to the next thing very, very quickly. And it's Disney movies are like 90 minutes. You could have spent an extra 20 minutes or so on backstory and like getting letting, getting to know the characters a little better. Even if you just do what they did in Sleeping Beauty, you know, that takes five minutes or so to establish Maleficent. Oh, just do like the uh, storybook opening kind of thing? Not the storybook, but just like understand like this old villain is peeved and she's trying to take it out on the town or mm-hmm. uh, kingdom. Just do that with Ice Princess. But like, <laughs> you know, before. Yeah. And instead of cursing someone to prick uh, a wheel, what was it? Yeah, it's, it's the, 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 the spindle or whatever. Yeah, a spindler. Also very specific, but okay. <laughs> You have it live in this, your da- uh, their daughter's blood, and mm-hmm. that's the whole thing that you have to work with. Sure. I think that could work. I think, yeah, just restructuring that whole beginning is uh, a big, an important part. Yeah, the beginning's just like all over the place. Like in the trolls, we did not need trolls in this. <laughs> we did not need trolls. We uh, don't need trolls abducting little kids and reindeers. Yeah, no one, no one ever told me <laughs> where Kristoff came from, and yet somehow these trolls are like, I'm going to keep you. And we're just going to accept this as it is. Sure. Okay. I mean, even if they wanted to keep the beginning that they had now, they still could have fixed things by giving, like, more context to, like, Anna and Elsa growing up. Like, seeing if they ever did actually get to interact at all together or if they if she really was just shut out forever. Yeah, because we don't... When they first do the coordination... And we come back from it, and it's Anna and Elsa in the same room. Mm-hmm. We don't know if that's the first time we they've seen each other since like eighteen years or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. It's it's just because they because I mean they wanted to skip forward because do you want to build a snowman? It's like a good way to like bridge and like make the time pass. And you yes. you basically understand how Anna's feeling this whole time, but you kind of don't really get a sense of like everything else because if you're just shown what you're shown, you just have to assume that they haven't seen each other since, and that the only struggle that they've had is the the boredom of being locked away. Right. 
and we don't actually get to see any like lessons that Elsa goes through. She'll be like, okay, conceal your powers. It's just her and her dad be like, conceal, don't feel okay. Conceal, don't feel. Gotcha, dad. <laughs> and it's just, it, they could have made, do you want to build a snowman, a longer song and just have this musical interlude that lasted a little bit longer in the middle. So you get to talk. These characters could talk to each other and like, or we get to see them not talk to each other. We get to see the family like shuttling Elsa into a room, be like, sorry, she's very sick. She can't talk or something mm-hmm. like that. Just, it could be even cliche like that, but just something else to establish how they grew up instead of kind of this vague, not understanding if they've seen each other or not. Yeah. And again, then it makes the love that they have for each other a little more into question. Cause like how much have they actually like interacted with each other? Mm-hmm. All the memories that they had before the incident are erased now. Oh yeah, that's true. Anna never actually remembered the fact that she knew all this stuff. Yeah. She didn't, which I think could also work if they eliminated all of Anna's memories of her and just kind of made it be like, no, no, she has to resent her sister. And then when she sees Olaf later, it triggers something in her that like, they didn't get rid of the memories. They just buried them, which means she'll like start to remember that there was actual good stuff between the two of them. Yeah. And then that's, coming back to the problem of like, why doesn't Anna really need to, why doesn't she know about this? Mm-hmm. That's probably the reason why they didn't do that is because it just brings up the question again, like, wait, why doesn't she need to know? Mm-hmm. And you could have done something where if she knows it triggers back her frozen head hardness. And then that's sort of what gets her like, Oh shoot. Like the disease is back now. And the only way to defeat it is the true love. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what they were trying to do. Say, okay, you need to find your true love, but you're five years old and you have no idea who your true love is going to be. We need to separate you two because if not, you're going to get hurt, Anna. Mm -hmm. And Elsa, if you interact with her, then you're going to end up killing her. Yeah, there's something that they could do with that. Instead of Elsa accidentally hurting her again, I I, I like the trigger memory back a bit more. I mean, also, we're not spending two years locked in a Disney writer's room trying to figure this out. We're, we're just working on based on the best that we have here. Yeah. But I think it's still, it's still, a, good, uh, it's still a good good way to fix things. A thing with, like, doctoring scripts in the business and stuff, you can't all, always make a D script an A script. Mm-hmm. It's just bumping it up to a C <laughs> plus or a B. Do, doing the best with what you're given. You can't change the whole script. You can't just write a new story. But you do, you do the best to fix what you can. Someone probably got a script for Human Centipede, and it was like, oh my god, I have no idea how to change this, guys. Like, how did you get funding for this? But I digress. Mm-hmm. Of course. Kids, if you're listening to this while you watch, listen to Frozen, go see Human Centipede. <laughs> <laughs> tell them that your dad said it was okay. That's right. Tell, tell them Uncle Dr. Script told them it was okay. <laughs> it's I'm a doctor. You're supposed to listen to me. You know? Something that I, like, I think that is fun to talk about are the songs again. Mm-hmm. That is definitely the strongest point of this movie is just that they're very well put together, do what they have to do. I know something that Disney does a lot is they have the I want song where their characters just talk about what they want throughout the movie. We have this in the first time is forever that we get the point of view of what Elsa want, what Elsa is yeah. afraid of and what Anna wants because Anna wants you know, to interact with people mm-hmm. and Elsa is scared of what she's capable of. Disney is known for doing this in little mermaid. 
the song where she's talking about oh yeah the world above i want to be where the people are yeah that one yeah uh, hercules they do that with uh, going with the distance mm-hmm. and snow white i believe has something in it too uh yeah either snow white's like first song or i mean the song that she does with the prince i would assume is probably the uh the next closest yeah it's just something like fun to know about these disney songs and it is good how they use that to explain exposition mm-hmm. throughout Love's an Open Door, like I said before, is one of my favorite songs, or is my favorite song here, Let It Go. The Troll Song, <laughs> you know, you could do without. I honestly think you could take the trolls out throughout this whole thing and restructure it a little better. <laughs> That's the biggest doctrine, is take this trolls out. <laughs> Make it something else, but it's actually something that I noticed, there's not actually that many songs in Frozen, and the Troll Song comes barely halfway through, which means you have... Your musical is only a musical for like the first maybe less than an hour. So maybe you could you could add a, so- a different song in there that's not the Trolls or just make it, you know, maybe a little bit more musical-like. Like they re- they repeat one of the songs in Elsa's Ice Castle probably because they were like, oh no, we don't, we haven't had a song in a long time. We can't just jump straight into the Trolls after this. A lot of this movie too is sort of just Elsa dealing with bad parenting Mm -hmm. because she's been taught like conceal, don't feel, just let it go. Once her parents are out of the picture, that's just been ingrained with her so much that she doesn't know how to deal with her emotions, Mm -hmm. which I just want to point out that bad parenting is the whole reason why this happened. Yes. Bad parenting and bad uncle troll. And they never actually confront that idea where it's like, she never says, like, oh, I was, like, you know, raised the wrong way or, like, told the wrong thing. She's kind of just meant to be, like, oh, that was so silly of me. How could I not think that love was what I should have been thinking instead of fear? It's, yeah, it, it's it's a very easy escape out of this. Yeah. And then, they didn't have to do. And then when Elsa runs away, Anna goes and tries to find her. I think what could have been an interesting thing for the film to do is have other people come and try and attack Anna. And throughout the movie, we're thinking these bad guys are working with Duke of Weaselton. And then it's another big twist that we find out that it's Hans working for him. Because mm-hmm. Hans, once Anna leaves, he controls all of Arendelle. Like, he just accomplished his goal in less than a day. Yes. <laughs> and if he has Elsa and Anna out of the picture, like, it's a done deal. He doesn't need to go and kill Elsa because she's already run away, you know? Yeah, she's already gone. I mean, he doesn't necessarily know that Elsa's not coming back. There's no proof of that. And then when Anna leaves, he's probably assuming that she'll come back too. And if she does succeed, then she'll bring both of them back. I mean, he could have also just sent a search party into the woods and just killed them in the woods. Yeah, I think if if he sent someone to go kill Anna Mm -hmm. and then say Elsa comes back, before that, the men come back and say, like, oh, yeah, Elsa killed Anna. Like, she's a monster, a witch, and blah, blah, blah. Like, you could easily turn the city against Elsa real quickly with mm-hmm. that. And you have Hans, who was ma- engaged to Anna. <laughs> they would believe that, I think. I think <laughs> something I want to bring up just is the uh, the scene with uh, where Hans talks to the other, like, leaders of, uh, I guess, the other kingdom rulers. And he uh, he shows up and he just has his head sunk. He's like, Princess Anna's dead. Luckily, we quickly exchanged <laughs> our vows. And I remember we laughed at that. And I remember in the theater, 
like so many people laughed at that because that's kind of supposed to be a little bit serious to be like, oh no, he's he's uh, he, he's keeping he's keeping secrets from them. But it's just so funny that he just quickly drops it. And uh, maybe I might change that line. That that'd be if I have one contribution to this movie. Maybe change that line so it's less funny. I could see someone at being a Disney exec being like, "Yep, he's going to come in and tell him that they, he's dead, and it's going to be a big thing." He's like, "Oh wait, they didn't exchange their vows. Like this, someone on the internet's going to roast us for this, guys. We really need to tie this down. We need to add this line of dialogue right but, here." But Mr. Executive. They have no other family members that could take over. No. If, Prince, if Prince Haas has been in charge, they would just elect him to be in charge. Doesn't that make sense, right? No, no. Somehow Olaf would end up being the king. Like, I'm telling you, we need this line no, no. right here. Bob, Bob. Uh. <laughs> Mr. Iger, Mr. Iger. <laughs> because Bob Iger is busy day to day worrying about if Frozen's going to have a plot point resolved. Uh, yeah. Talking about Hans, I saw this is a thing I noticed throughout the recent Disney movies is the villain. I don't think the villains are as interesting or as like compelling as, you know, past Disney heroes. Mm -hmm. Like how does Hans really stack up against the classic or most evil villains? Yeah, I don't, I mean, he's definitely nowhere near like the most evil. He's definitely, it's almost, he almost like doesn't have as much to work with because we didn't know he was evil the whole time. Right, because uh, there's they wanted to have that twist, but even his motivation still makes sense. It just it just never feels like everything's clicking. Like, oh, I get that that's happening. Like afterwards, you have to think about it and be like, oh, right, he did talk about his brothers, like you know, not letting him be in the throne. That he does a little bit of an explanation. He's not really evil enough to stack up with the best of them, like like Maleficent or like Priest from Hunchback of Notre Dame. What's his name? I'll look him up. Hold on. You keep uh, talking about the villains. The reason why Hans is such a little lackluster of a villain is that he we don't know that he's a villain we are supposed to think that weaselton is going to be the, our main guy and i'm just curious thinking like if we did use hans if we knew hans was a bad guy throughout like is there a way we could have made him better or is this the best version of him or is there another way we could have made another villain like i do like having the right hand man at seeing his chance to take over like a little finger-esque and becoming king, it, or maybe using little the little finger character. We'll just call him Little Finger. The little yeah. <laughs> finger for uh, for Frozen approaches Hans with this idea. Yeah, I think that could work. Also, the bad guy from Hunchback No Trump is named Claude Frollo. Frollo. Yeah, Frollo. Whatever. Claude. His first name is Claude. I mean C L A U D E. Claude Frollo. Oh my god. Uh, Monsieur Claude Frollo. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. <laughs> He, he's in his own kind of weird, twisted league. Hans Hans is not twisted. He's he's basically pretty straightforward. He's like, I want to rule the kingdom, but I'm far back in line for the throne. How about I take over and lie about it? And it's not really that evil, because he's also... It kind of helps out a lot while yeah. Elsa kind of screwed everyone over. No, I if I was a village person in Arendelle, I'd be like, yes, yeah, sign me up for this guy. Because it's not like he wants to take over and like destroy the city to make his trade better or anything. Like no, he, he just wants to be a king and just like yeah, I'm a king. Yeah, I, he, I'm running. He just now. wanted to take over. Like you know, again, I, I don't endorse killing people, but yeah. his only the only people he would kill would be at maximum two people, the two princesses, and then he'd be in charge. 
which it sounds like he's had, honestly, a lot more training than the two of them to be in charge. I'm not saying, because again, he's a bad guy, I'm not saying he'd be better, but (laughs) with the context that they provided us in Frozen, he definitely proves himself as as a leader. And I think our Littlefinger character could point that out. Mm-hmm. Also, like, yo, these girls don't know what they're doing. This girl just came out of her room for the first 18 years and, mm-hmm. you know, accidentally attacked people. Like, she's not fit to be queen. Yeah. Plus, like, hey, Hans, he could affect your trade. Mr. Weaselton, your trade could be affected. <laughs> don't forget about your trade, Mr. <laughs> <Yeah>. Weaselton. <laughs> Uh, no, that definitely makes sense. I feel like a, a little finger, a Game of Thrones little finger character would be a good addition. And then if we do use the backstory of like the, the Snow Queen is in her, like this little finger can really prop it up mm-hmm. and being like, look, have you seen the text? The only way to end the eternal winter is to kill the, um, kill, kill like the, the Frost Queen Frost or whatever. Queen. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I, I actually, I think it's a, it, does work better i do see from disney's perspective why they wouldn't want to do that because that's you know been done a few times but it does make a lot more sense than what has been given here yeah the thing is like that could be cliched and everything but we just need a reason to understand why elsa needs to feel so isolated and why this is such a big deal on why this is so bad mm-hmm. and thinking about this a bit more like in Littlefinger, maybe this all feels like a like a prequel to the Game of Thrones bad guys, Snow. Oh, Jon Snow? No, 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 no. Bad guys. Uh, oh, White, the White Walkers. Walkers. Yeah. It's all just oh a prelude to the White Walkers. What if that's what Frozen was? Because of what Queen Elsa did, everyone turns into White Walkers. I, I, and then you lead into the first scene of Game of Thrones. Yep. I think there's some connection there. All right. A good, 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 uh, good idea. We should we should submit this to the, uh, to the same fan theory where... <laughs> Elsa and Anna's mom and dad were going to Rapunzel's wedding and that they discovered and the little mermaid discovered their ship. I think same theory. White walkers. I'm going to post it on Reddit and I'm going to see how it goes. It's going to be a thing. We'll make a YouTube video out of it. Alternate universe. There's that, that someone on Reddit or someone can make a YouTube video about that. That that's something, there's something there for that. Mm -hmm. Um, what other things do you have? Because I have a, an interesting idea that I want to put out there. Uh, you go ahead. Uh, I would. I want to know what you think because they're going to do Frozen Two. Mm-hmm. How do you think? First of all, how do you think Frozen Two is going to go? Just as like a like a you know quick summary. But how do you think Frozen Two would go if they made the changes that we were suggesting? So if they do have the backstory of the Snow Queen coming, or yeah, just so, like in general, yeah, whichever whichever version of the story that you think would be best to go with. How do you think Frozen Two would go uh, in that situation? Because we're we're already deep into pre-production or production or whatever they're doing at Disney on Frozen Two. I think Frozen Two is going to make a crap ton of money. That is a given. And I think what they'll probably do is talk about the stuff that we're talking about. Like, all right, why does this all mean so much? What's the backstory of it? Because mm-hmm. I can't really. Maybe there's another person out there that has similar powers. Maybe it's like a fire power to overcome them. Mm-hmm. The thing is, like, it's this isn't like a universe, you know? It's like a single one-off movie. You can't really think of a sequel to Pocahontas. Or, well, I guess they did think of a sequel to Pocahontas, but <laughs> not theatrically. <laughs> yes. Uh, so you saying this is like kind of the sequel if they haven't changed anything yet? I think that's what they should do is just talk about the backstory of everything. There's there's a lot 
it's so loose that they can do a lot with it. Mm-hmm. But I think they need to sort of like nail down the reasons and establish the world a bit more. True. I think yeah, I think that would be a good idea is to to not so much expand the world, but to really hammer in like why everything's happening, mm-hmm. but make it part of the story. Like you could have like either the second froze like Ice Queen like show up and be like I have these powers too. Can you help me or someone has a different elemental power that's, you know, is trying to take over and then they have to like, you know, go into the origins and talk about that stuff. Cause then it would give you more context for the first movie and it would, you know, allow them to go on an adventure and, and learn more about themselves. Yeah. Maybe Hans is, cause Hans gets thrown in jail at yeah. the end. I don't know, but he goes back, excuse me. He goes back to his original homeland. Cause I can almost see that, whoever the person who's like invading who either needs help or is trying to take over also comes from Hans's like homeland and they and then you know they do that classic scene where you show up at the villain's lair and you're like all right I guess I need your help this time around (laughs) what happens in the short film of of, Frozen uh, I don't know Olaf has to do something he's going somewhere isn't uh, i believe that someone's getting married in it i want to say it's anna and Kristoff getting married but i'm not entirely sure because i remember they also reuse some rendered animation they use the same stuff over not exactly over they paint it over but from the original frozen they put it in to the short mm-hmm. like the first time christmas is is happening in arendelle and they like, I guess they. It says like they decided that they realized that there's no actual like Christmas tradition, like no holiday traditions that they have, because they were such an isolationist like country for so long. They don't have anything. So Olaf tries to like find some like Christmas celebration that they could find out in the woods. I don't know. I didn't see it when okay. I went to go see Coco. They had already taken the short film away from it, so I never got to actually see it, which I'm happy about. Now, now I actually remember the wedding that I was talking about was from Tangled. That that was the short Tangled had done, and it was Flynn oh, yeah. and that was, uh, yeah. Rapunzel getting married. Mm-hmm. So the short has nothing to do with Frozen Two, or doesn't set up anything, unless it's like a Christmas special. Yeah, unless, yeah, unless the second, uh, <laughs> unless it, the second movie is about Christmas, which actually, yeah, when you said the Tangled one, that does make sense because the short happens, and then they actually have a TV series now for Tangled. Oh, okay. Which uses all the original voice cast. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Fun fact, it's on Disney Channel. Yeah. Anyways, maybe we'll watch Tangled next time. <laughs> well, the, the superior princess film of the modern age. That would be a fun debate. Do you, have you seen Tangled? Yeah, I love Tangled. I think Tangled is so much better than Frozen. So why is Tangled better than Frozen? For me, at least I think that I get the characters more. Mm-hmm. I get everybody's motivation for everything. And it's a sympathetic just on that kind of level as a character level and in the, just in terms of the world, it feels like there's a very clear goal. Like this is where they're going. This is what she wants. This is what he wants. This is what the villain wants. Oh, I would actually put mother Gothel, the villain from that up there as one of the, not one of the best, but maybe in like the top 10. Okay. Cause she's, cause she's the, she's almost like even more evil than before. Like she pretends to care about this girl more than like, you know, the stepmother in Cinderella, like, obviously hates her and every time mother gothel like shows affection she's just talking about rapunzel's hair i think i think it's definitely superior because of the characters having more development them having more clear goals and 
I think the songs are le- probably less iconic. But. Yeah, the only one that I can really remember from Tangled being pretty good was the opening one where Rapunzel was cleaning up mm-hmm. and we again that's another I want song I believe because yeah. she's talking about I want to be out of this place I want to do something that's not traditional like I'm tired of doing these chores mm-hmm. I agree with you I do yeah. I do think Tangled it holds up or it's just a better film in general the characters are definitely a bit more flushed out even the sidekicks are like the horse well, from Tangled is yeah, hilarious. The horse within three seconds already has like a very clear goal for everything. And even if the chameleon like doesn't have a goal, he's got a very specific personality. Right. And I think, I feel like Tangled does just have a lot more heart to it in mm-hmm. general too. Like when it's Rapunzel's birthday and you see the, the candles up in the sky yeah. and she's always like, that's on my birthday. And you find out it's because it's for yeah. her birthday. And it's the, myth- the mythology and the characters like work like hand in hand rather than they're just being mythology. And there is also characters. Right. Like, so what should, if you're a producer on Frozen 2 mm-hmm. and you see, you're watching Tangled and you're being truthful to yourself, you're man, Tangled really is a better movie. Like, how can I incorporate some of these things to the sequel? Like, Mm. do Elsa and Anna have kids now? And they're trying to... Is there something right there where we can see the same, like, connection that the king and queen from Tangled always putting up the candles up in the sky, trying to get Rapunzel back? Is there something that they could do with Frozen? No, I mean, I would would switch up the story altogether, because... I mean, both of them, both of them are stories about getting home and both of them revolve around the idea of, you know, home is where you started and like, you know, the people, you still meet people along the way, but like you are, because it, Rapunzel starts in the tower, ends in the tower, and then, you know, she does go to the kingdom at some point. Mm-hmm. That's basically it. And then Frozen, they start in the castle, it ends in the castle, uh, and that one fully ends in the castle because they're like ice skating and stuff. Right. But I would think that Frozen 2 needs to go in a completely, not completely different direction, but I would say, like, you know, you know the How to Train Your Dragon series? Yeah. They, they actually, like, age up the characters, like, along with the movies. So the first one, they're, like, teenagers. And then the second one, they're, like, young adults. Like, they would probably be college age. Okay. And, it, like, it's the exact amount of time that they've passed. And then How to Train Your Dragon 3 is going to come out, like, next year. And apparently he's, like, hiccups, like, the full, like, lord of uh, his island. And I think they would, should do that with this. Okay. In that Elsa now has had seven, eight years or so to, like, learn and control her powers. And I do, I, I like the idea of, like, another elemental person coming to her for advice and more people realizing that there are these people who have been cursed and them realizing that these are curses but figuring out how to live with it. And so Frozen 1 is about her accepting herself for who she is mm-hmm. and controlling her powers and understanding that love is how you control things. Whereas the second one, I think, is more should be more about them, like her discovering that this is actually, like, a bad thing that happened, like, she's been cursed, and, like, kind of almost, like, overcoming the trauma of, like, early, earlier life, and she figures out that this is actually, whatever it is, like, an ice demon or something happened, and she can, but she can turn things around, and then, like, you know, if there's a fire person, then the fire demon has taken over this person, this other girl, this other princess from another kingdom, and she's like, no, no, it's okay, we need to figure out how to, like, take these bad situations and make them better. And I think that would be, like, the the crux of it. Mm-hmm. And making Elsa the main character this time instead of Anna, because Anna's quirky but not a great protagonist. Okay. 
something that when you were talking got me thinking for the sequel, we're keeping exactly what this film had been doing. What if we find out there is a queen, uh, ice, a snow queen mm-hmm. that comes back over to Arendelle and there's this other witch or two and we find out the snow queen is actually Elsa's mother. Because we don't, you know, Elsa, does she look like those parents? Like maybe they're just a foster care thing. Like they were like, this girl's on the streets. We got to take them up. I don't think the parents would deal with all this if they found out it was an ice queen and this like, oh, this is bad. Like Mm -hmm. you are blah, blah, blah. But I think if we did something like that for the sequel, we could, the ice or the snow queen is trying to get Elsa to come back and be like, no, this is who you are. It's in your DNA to destroy and blah, blah, blah. And then that we get a theme of like the parents' woes are not the child's mm-hmm. faults. And that would let her talk about the fact that she was raised, even though she had new parents, she was still raised poorly. Yeah. And that would actually be a good uh, way to address that. Yeah. Like they say, like, listen, like if you look, these people had no idea how to handle you. Like they didn't treat you right. You were locked in a room. Like maybe it wasn't a cage, but it was like a figurative cage. I mean, yeah, it, it justifies the entire point of the first movie that they that she they're addressing the fact that they those were pretty bad parents yeah i think that could actually work pretty well I think so let, do you want to write a letter to disney yeah let me i'm gonna i'm gonna get i'm gonna call bob Iger right now and be like hey bob this idea and he's like okay okay but as long as we got the wedding vows in like yes they can get married okay <laughs> fine uh now i'm gonna try and see if how far along they are on Frozen 2 right now. Who is most likely to get a girlfriend in the sequel? Olaf or Sven? A, a girlfriend? Oh, Elsa. <laughs> no, I, I'm taking a left turn here. I think, because I, like, I would like my idea of it being the, the other elemental person. Like, she takes care of another princess and, like, teaches her, you know, overcoming the trauma. Uh-huh. And then they, like, develop, like, a relationship out of it. Because I think that that almost makes more sense than... Anna and Kristoff because they were like reluctant partners and then they like we don't really see them actually start liking each other until just a random moment where she like you know dusts off his hair and it's like ah she touched him that means she likes him whereas if Anna was like or Elsa was like the like the teacher it could almost Mm -hmm. even feel more like illicit and weird for them to have to deal with or even if it's the the snow queen like she could still have like you know her her old right hand person at her side Mm-hmm. And that that person is like, no, Elsa, like I, you know, I, I've known you from since you were a child. You shouldn't have to deal with your horrible mother trying to destroy everything. So that's my real answer. In the other one, uh, it probably should be Olaf. <laughs> Build a second snowman, give sentience to, <laughs> to that and just make it almost Westworld-esque. Like, oh my God. Elsa, you created life. You have to, you have to keep this going. They're conscious now. <laughs> And that's how they all become White Walkers. Mm-hmm. Exactly. See, Boom. we're going to over Oh my god, we're going to go into the entire HBO expanded <laughs> universe. Uh, but no, I, I, I would like to see uh, Elsa uh, have a, a in, in a Disney sense, an unconventional romance. I think there's been a couple of fan theories out there that places Elsa like that. I think that would be good. I think this is, I believe, the voice actress uh, Adele Dazim also wants Adele also wants Elsa to uh, have a girlfriend. Yes, have yeah. a girlfriend. I think it would be fun, and if Disney's definitely the 
brand to do that, to be a little more progressive. I mean, people would get more up in arms than they did about the uh, whole uh, live-action Beauty and the Beast thing. That is true. But I th- okay. I think it's but a good it's your little daughter who's going to be screaming at you saying, I want to go see Frozen. Why can't I see Frozen? Like, that might work for the opening. But after two to three weeks of your little kid screaming at you saying, why can't I see Frozen? You're going to give in yes, and deal gonna. with And then know. she's going to be so happy that there's this new princess that she can play with. And then it's like, fine, I'll get, I'll get you the gay princess doll. <laughs> And then maybe you'll finally grow to love people for who they are. But separate thing, uh, it says that uh, the schedule for Frozen 2 is supposed to be November 27th of next year. So 2019. Okay. So that's the, those are the plans for Frozen 2. So everyone, come back in a year and a half to see how accurate we were in our predictions. <laughs> I, it is going to be fun to see what they have to do for Frozen 2. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot to go and play with. Because it's so loose right now. There's no established rules. We don't know the full extent of what Elsa's powers are. Like, yeah, she created life. Like, mm-hmm. what? Because, yeah, I think it would do, it would do so. It would be so. It would behoove them very well to expand the universe rather than tell a completely separate story. Right. Because I feel like that's what everybody wants is to know more about the frozen world itself. Because a lot of the problems that come from the Disney sequels are that they just move on to a whole new separate issue. Right. And don't really address like. The ones that do it well are like Toy Story 2, mm-hmm. but they still have the theme of Woody feeling like he's becoming an obsolete toy and being put into this new world, but it still has the same theme, even though it's a completely new story. Right. Do you think just pure Disney animated animation films, not including Pixar, what has been a good sequel that's come out of it? Uh, just from Disney itself? I, can, I remember as a kid, I really liked The Lion King 2. Huh. And that's because first Lion King's about Hamlet, and second Lion King does Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And they play around with those ideas. That was also direct to DVD movie. I believe all the Disney movies have been direct to DVD. I can't think of anyone yeah. on the top of my head. No, all the all the hand drawn animation is typically straight to DVD. Except for Peter Pan to Return to Neverland, right. which weirdly inexplicably got a theatrical release and i even remember seeing it like in theaters like as a kid and also being the only one there opening weekend (laughs) (laughs) and just saying like i this feels weird this does i don't want to watch this on a big screen i it felt it didn't feel right and i don't i didn't know how to express that as like a six or seven year old but it, it makes sense now so peter pan 2 is not my pick no my pick is an extremely goofy movie. Oh, okay. I think okay. that is honestly a really good uh, Disney sequel because it also doesn't it doesn't necessarily need to live up to the hype of a goofy movie because it's not right. A goofy movie is not great, but it's a very solid, entertaining film. I really liked a goofy movie. That also has a lot of heart. Mm-hmm. That is a coming of age movie as for uh, Max and mm-hmm. Goofy. It, they do play with the similar stuff in Goofy movie. Two, where it's going to college and yeah because it's for max in the first one it's about him like accepting his father for who he is and like being fine with it but then for an extremely goofy movie it's more about goofy like separating himself like being okay with things right changing but max also knowing that he still needs to stay with his dad 
So it's a little, it's again similar to Toy Story 2. It's a similar theme of the first one, right? But bringing it into a new story. So <laughs> that's why an extremely goofy movie is the ideal Disney sequel. It will be interesting to see how Frozen does that because they do just have like such a low bar to hit for a Disney sequel, at least. If we're talking all Disney, yeah, Pixar definitely. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, the rules are very loose right now. They they can do a lot. Yes. Well, um, I guess Wreck-It Ralph 2 could be good too. Oh, true. I, I didn't even think about that coming out soon too. Do you have anything else on uh, Frozen? I think we could be good. I don't. I think we hit on everything. Yeah. If not, I would. What's sort of encapsulate what you think? You're you're doctoring the script. What is your story from A to Z, basically? I think you can keep a majority of what you have here. I do think you need to focus a lot on the backstory. You need to figure out why this is such a big deal that Elsa has these powers and what it means to the rest of the town. The story should start right after the parents die, age up the kids a bit where they are right now, have the little finger character, manipulate the whole situation, get Hans into it late. You still have fake love, uh, true love. Gotta keep Olaf. Take out the trolls. Take out the trolls. Yeah, the trolls just do not add anything to this, I feel like. Yeah, I think they just want abducting children. They just want to sell plushies. And then I get that. I get that. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What do you think? Uh, I mean, I like it too. I think my version would be a little bit different, more along the lines that I was saying, that you keep most of the same stuff, but really just expand that first first act so that you, you talk more about, or not even talk, you show, because we're in a... We're to film media. We don't have to talk about it. Uh, show more of Elsa and Anna's relationship growing up and uh, letting, letting them either talk more or show the fact that they've been isolated from each other more so that this, uh, this experience means more to them. And I do think what you're saying, show the town interaction more. Mm-hmm. Like, show what, the, what, the, what it means to the entire kingdom of Arendelle that the parents have shut off the entire, shut off the kingdom from them. Because basically, they, we only know is that they have trade partners with Weaseltown, and we don't really know like what it means to everybody else. Because you don't have to like do too much contract negotiations. You just have to say like, "Hey, we really don't like that we're not getting enough blankets from wherever, right? Because we're not trading, you know, our corn or whatever Arendelle is responsible for." <laughs> I, it's all you really do need is to beef up the beginning, and it's okay if the movie's like twenty minutes longer. Because if kids are going to sit through all 100 minutes of Coco and the 30-minute short you're going to put in front oh, of it, God. they're going to sit through just an extra 20 minutes of an adventure that they already like and right. that they can that people can respond to more. Uh, but also, yes, take out the trolls. Figure out a way to make this adventure happen with maybe more of, more, of a more mystical uh, character that like is related to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, I do think possibly adding the little finger character to manipulate Hans right. into doing stuff so it's not just this left turn rather than this character motivation that makes sense. Yep, I definitely agree. Basically mm-hmm. just clean up the first ten minutes and make sure, establish some rules mm-hmm. and everything. And uh, keep the songs besides yeah. the troll. Keep the troll, keep the songs up the troll ones, and you can keep the uh, the Disney in jokes like the yeah. you're gonna marry him after like a week, and then you can still keep the true love being between the sisters because that's a really awesome, uh, amazing ending. Yeah. So yeah. 
All right, so we're good here? Awesome. I think we're good here. All right, well, thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed all this. Uh, Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, and rate us. We greatly appreciate it. And thanks again for listening. All right, bye, everyone. See you guys.